picture the intersecting golden arches, a bite taken out of a two-dimensional apple and a silver three-pointed star. Just mentioning these logos brings up memories and makes you feel a certain way. But this fame didn't always exist for these companies. They started from nothing and were gradually built into icons. On this podcast, we'll deep dive into the creation and branding of the small businesses we here at Alabrije work with in an effort to understand how successful brands are built from the ground up. What started as only a dream could turn into a legacy. This is Brand Before Icon by Alabrije. In this story, there's going to be some language because I think that the oh shit moments are completely warranted. I say it a lot throughout the recording and you'll soon see why. This story follows the life of Gabriel Padilla, who's an executive chef and co-owner of three soon-to-be-four successful restaurants in the greater Chicago, Berwyn, Oak Park area. One of which, Rustico, just moved to a beautiful space on Oak Park Avenue, right where Oak Park Brewing used to be. Uh, it's just a lovely location. It looks amazing. The food is delicious. There are a fusion of Spanish and Italian cuisine, so you have pastas, tapas, pizzas, and steaks. Absolutely delicious food. The drinks are well-crafted. Uh, I definitely recommend you make a visit. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. We're picking up this story in Gabriel's home kitchen. I tapped record on a shitty iPhone because it's so rare that you get an opportunity to just sit down and listen to him. He's that busy. If he's not working at his three restaurants, he's working on the fourth. And I needed to just seize the moment and, and get the story down. So there's going to be a little bit of ambient noise associated with that. We're going to take you nice and intimate right as if you were there. His wife, Maria, will chime in at certain times in Spanish. I'll provide some context for that. And then obviously, I'll be guiding us along the way. Enjoy. Mr. Barajas knows that I was kind of worried about something. And he goes, what's going on, kid? And then I was like, I don't have a place to live. To sleep or anything. And then like an hour later, he told me, when you finish your shift, don't leave. Come and see me at my office. <clears throat> so... I start thinking, oh, shit, on top of everything, he's going to fire me today. Gabriel Padilla, at this point, is barely 15 years old. He's just left his home, traveled hundreds of miles to arrive in Chicago, where he's now working as a dishwasher at an old Italian place that closed a couple decades ago, a place called Pronto. As you can tell, things aren't looking too good. I asked him why he left home. For a better opportunity. At 14? Yeah, I was 15, but I got mad at my parents, and I just took off. You got pissed at your parents, and you just left? Yes. Gabriel had planned on having a place to stay upon arriving to Chicago, but due to an unfortunate turn of events and, I guess, a lack of kindness he received, to put it delicately, from some people who he wishes to not be named, Gabriel suddenly did not have a place to live. He's 15 this all happened within a week of his arrival. He had gotten a job immediately as a dishwasher at an old downtown Chicago place, an Italian place called Pronto. But he needed $180 for rent that he just hadn't gotten from his job yet. On the day he got kicked out, not really knowing what else to do, he showed up to work for his shift. It's here that the executive chef, we're just going to call him chef, notices that something's troubling the young kid. So he tells Gabriel to meet him in his office after the shift. But Gabriel doesn't understand. He's really nervous. He thinks that he's being called into the office to be fired, on top of now being homeless. 
at midnight, around midnight, I walk into the office and say, yeah, Mr. Mayor, you want to see me? He goes, yes. He goes, how much were you supposed to pay at the place you, you live? Like rent-wise. I was like, $180. That's that not that much. That I don't okay, have. But it's 1989, yeah. Yeah. At that time, it was pretty good, pretty decent. So okay. I don't have that $180. And he goes, okay, you're supposed to pay $180 to share the apartment with more people. He goes, how do you like to pay $180 for a place for yourself? I said, well, that'd be ideal, but I don't have the money. He goes, you pay me later. And I lived in his apartment for eight years. But the, con the condition is just... The you got to go to school. Go to school and speak English. And then he fired me. He fired you? Years later. Why? Watch, watch and see. So the chef gives him a place to live, but then fires him a few years later? Gabriel relishes the suspense in telling the story. But what the hell is going on? So he was the executive chef for the company. Okay. And then I was a dishwasher. Six months later, I was his sous chef. He taught me everything. At age 15? Yeah, but he didn't know I was 15 because I had a fake ID. He thought I was 18. Everybody, that would still be every, impressive, every, though. Every, yeah, and that every, was very impressive. Everybody worked with fake ID. Yeah. Oh, yeah? yeah. Okay. Everybody. My brothers, my... <laughs> everybody. everybody. Okay. Well, still, even at 18, that'd be very yeah, impressive but to be a sous chef. he made me a sous chef. Okay. And then but for like in five, six, six months. months. Yeah, five, five six years. I, I, I was going, I was in school too. But then, <laughs> six years later, I was the, the chef in one restaurant and he was the, the executive for the whole company. And this one time, he walks into the restaurant and like, you can no longer work for me. That must have been horrible. Why? Yeah. Huh? That must have been horrible here. No? No, no, no. It was nice. I mean, and when he told me that, I was like, oh, shit. What, what did I do wrong? He was like, yeah. there's this opportunity. I want you to take it. Oh, I want you to be executive chef for this company. They oh, want you. Oh, shit. So he's like, he wanted you to get a different job. Yeah, he was. There's no, I can't teach you anymore. He was like, there's nothing more for, nothing I can teach you. There's nothing more I can teach you. He was like, you're ready to go to this company, and I took over the company. Acts of kindness like this displayed on the part of the chef have me a little skeptical. I could just be cynical, but as the story goes, he basically takes this 15-year-old kid under his wing, gives him a place to live, and then turns him from a dishwasher into his sous chef in six months. And then, years later, fires him in probably the most loving way possible so that Gabriel can go take a better opportunity for himself and become an executive chef at a different company. I initially thought that this chef wanted Gabriel to be his right-hand man, but that doesn't seem to be the case. As soon as he felt Gabriel was trained up and ready to go, he sent him away to go have a better opportunity. Why? What did he see? I don't know. Maria, Gabriel's wife, immediately chimes in after this because he's a really humble guy. In this case, maybe a little too humble. No, that's so he said somebody did it for him. Are you being too humble? <laughs> no, no, he said somebody did it for him. Yeah, but clearly you were good, right? If you're a sous I was chef the, within, I was this. in six months, yeah. from dishwasher to sous chef in, yeah. six, in six months. That is simply incredible. Over the years, Gabriel worked at a few other places and even had a side gig of playing semi-pro baseball, if you can believe it. That's just something you're going to have to ask him about. But in 2016... Gabriel set out with his business partner, Junior, to create his own restaurant experience. Its name 
rústico. Rústico in Spanish means rustic, and it encapsulates his vision of providing a comfy, family-friendly space serving a fusion of Spanish and Italian dishes that make you feel right at home. Rústico's menu has tapas, pastas, steaks, and pizza, well-crafted drinks, and a huge variety of wine. The restaurant originally on Lake Street in Oak Park was a smashing success, but as of this recording, it's actually just moved over to Oak Park Avenue, right where Oak Park Brewing used to be, in a larger, much more beautiful location. That's not all he was up to, though. After Rustico, Gabriel played a big part in designing the menu for and co-owning and co-opening two more community staples, this time in Berwyn, La Pada and La Malcarita. Excuse my pronunciation. <laughs> he hasn't stopped there, though. Taking the place of old Rustico on Lake Street, Gabriel and his partner are at it again, designing a new concept called Oja Santa, which is going to be a real intimate, high-end, fine-dining Mexican experience. He's kept this remodel process under heavy wraps, not even letting his own children go into the building while they work on it. Uh, but every week, I'd say probably over the past month, he's told me that it's going to open in two weeks. So I can't say for sure when it's actually going to be open, but it will be soon. Uh, you can follow Rustigo's Instagram page so you can go check it out once they're ready. The slow timing on this has actually been a little more ideal for me and the team at Alabrije since we've had our work cut out for us. Creating a logo, website, just using every resource in our toolkit to really make this place pop and give it the image that it absolutely deserves. This leads us to kind of the second half of this episode where I'll be having on Brian Nieto, our co-founder and CEO, uh, to share about how we started working with Gabriel and taking on this project. If you're a business owner or someone who's getting into marketing a brand um, or just trying to learn more about this process, this next segment is for you because we're going to really shed some light into how we at Alabrije do what we do and provide hopefully some useful tips and information to help you start growing from a small brand into a lasting icon. I'll let Brian take it away. Hi, my name is Brian Nieto, and I am one of the founders of Alabrije Agency. Alabrije is a brand and strategy firm that collaborates with business owners, nonprofits, and government agencies. Our services focus on brand identity, marketing campaigns, and website design. Our mission is to employ creatives seeking financial security and invest in ideas that promote economic opportunity. Brian and Gabriel actually go way back as co-workers, but just a couple years ago, Brian took some of his family to Rustico for dinner, which is where they reconnected. We were having dinner, and it was a group of us, and um, Bio, which is uh, my mom's boyfriend, he knows Gabriel from like back in the day. Like They go way, way back, wow. and um, you know Gabriel was super excited to see him, so he comes over to the table, and he's like, hey, I got to show you about this new concept that we're working on, right? And I was listening to the conversation. And just based off what he was saying, he's like, I want a high-end uh, Mexican cuisine restaurant. Uh, he was telling, obviously, he was, we were already at the restaurant, which is the old Rustico, and now mm -hmm. it's going to be Oja Santa. So he's kind of like showing us what the feel of the restaurant was going to be. So just by listening to that conversation, um, and he also had a a draft of what he wanted the logo to look like. I was like, oh, you know, we could definitely do a lot. <laughs> we could definitely do a lot better, right? And I tried uh, meeting up with him um, a few times to get that uh, interview process done. However, you know, restaurant owners always leave branding towards the end, which I don't know why. But um, they ended up saying, hey, you know what? Um, 
can you come up with a few concepts for us? And luckily we had already, we had already worked on the concept because we really wanted to work with Oja Santa. And based off what we were hearing in that, in that conversation when uh, he was talking to, to, to uh, Pio, we, um, I was able to kind of piece everything together. So when it comes down to branding, right, it's never about your ideas. It's always about what they, uh, what they want to see come to life. And I think what makes us a good branding firm is that we have high levels of empathy, right? So um, listening is a skill. And that's something that like our designers and us, we try to practice. And uh, just by listening to um, what he was saying that day, the color palette, uh, we were able to kind of put something together uh, before he even, you know, really gave us the opportunity to to display the work and the first draft they, that we gave him, he loved. And it's not necessarily because our great ideas or our great technical ability is because we listened to what he wanted. One of the reasons why we wanted to work with Gabriel is because there aren't, that we know of, there aren't enough um, successful restaurateurs in the Latino community, right? And, um, seeing Gabriel's story, hearing Gabriel's story and actually seeing it, I don't know if you know, but um Gabriel and I were actually co workers at Cafe Berico like back in like two thousand sixteen or so, right? So seeing his his um his journey uh reach a level of success that not many many restaurateurs get to achieve is like that's essentially why we wanted to work with him and why we wanted to whatever restaurant he opened up, we wanted us uh, we wanted Alebrije to brand it because our whole goal is to like highlight Latino entrepreneurship and give them that those those brands that really stand out. One of the challenges with this mission is that a lot of the time, branding and marketing are really left to the wayside. But Brian completely understands why this is. A lot of the times, you have to kind of look at their background, right? So let's say. Gabriel, for example, and I think this this is a similar story to a lot of restaurant owners where they start in the kitchen and then they work their way up, right? And once they do open up the restaurant, um, the number one form of marketing that they rely on is word of mouth, right? So if the restaurant is doing well, great, you know, everything is fine. But when you aren't getting that word of mouth for whatever reason, how do we get new customers in, Right. Now that's where the the importance of having a proper website, having proper uh, SEO matters because uh, what we'll end up doing as a restaurant owner that has very little marketing experience is they'll run a Google ad or an Instagram ad, but nothing happens. And then they say, okay, we just spent $500 the first month, right? And we didn't see any new reservations or anything like that, right? So then you have to answer like, why, right? And this is because the proper channels aren't set up appropriately. Meaning when you're running the Google ads, it's going to go to where your website. And if your website doesn't have nice pictures or, you know, proper information, people eat with their eyes first. That final piece that people eat with their eyes first is so critical to restaurants, especially, which is why two of Brian's favorite channels for marketing for a restaurant are a website and Instagram. But let me back up a bit and define some of these terms we're using so that you understand what we're talking about. When Brian says a channel, 
He's talking about any way that you can send a message to a prospective customer or even existing customer. Examples of channels include an email list, Facebook, maybe a Google ads campaign. It could be a physical paper flyer posted on a lamppost, or it could be someone shouting in front of your business with a megaphone. Any way that you are sending a message to your customer and the medium that you are using to do that, that's a channel. So in the example that Brian just laid out, many restaurants will have some sort of website, but it's not optimized in a way that it can really be an effective tool at helping make the restaurant money by generating traffic and getting people in seats. There's a few mistakes you might be making. One, it's possible your website just doesn't look good. In today's day and age, with so much online competition, your website can stand out just by having a good look, which is where professional designers like Brian come in. But that's not everything. A second thing is what we call information hierarchy, which is where you want the most relevant information to be front and center to the page and go down the page in decreasing order of importance. This principle leads into the third mistake. Your website landing page or the front page, the first thing people see, might not have a clear call to action. This is just a fancy term for something you want the customer to do. In most cases for a restaurant, the call to action is simply to make a reservation. For others, it's to join a mailing list so you can entice your customers by sending specials and news right to their inbox. If you do have a call to action like this, something you want them to do, it needs to be front and center on the page. To make a reservation should be the easiest thing for your customer to do in the least clicks possible. The last thing, and this is where Brian talks about SEO, that stands for search engine optimization. Simply put, that is basically a term that describes how attractive your website is to the search engine your customers are using. So in the case of Google search, for example, Google will rank your site after a customer's Google search based off how many keywords it has that relates to the customer's search, how easy it is to load, how much quality content it has, and if it's easy for a user to navigate, like how long they spend on the page, all that. Google takes a lot of this into account and ranks your website based off how well you do on these metrics. The data shows that the higher your website is on the list, the more likely it is to get clicked, with most people not even going past the second or third links on the list. So to better optimize your website, you want to first find out what keywords people are using to find a restaurant like yours. And then you want to make sure your website contains those keywords. Second, you want to make sure your website is designed with a clear information hierarchy so that your customers can get the information they need as fast as possible. For restaurants, this includes information like a menu, location. You have to find out what your customers want to see first and present it. The last thing, you want to make sure your website looks good. That alone will help boost the appeal of your restaurant because if your own website looks good, chances are the establishment itself looks good. People want to be somewhere that's photogenic. This ties into Instagram and really utilizing that as a channel. If your page has good photography and good digital design, that is really an opportunity to showcase the style of your food, your drinks, your ambiance and atmosphere. All of these contribute to the story that is your brand. Your brand is... I'm going to steal this from uh, Marty Neumeyer, but essentially a brand is a person's gut feeling, right? So let me simplify it. Marketing lets people know that you're in business and a brand is what keeps them coming back. It's hard to exactly define what your brand is, what makes your brand. 
but to simplify it, it's essentially the feeling that your customers walk away with after being at your establishment. You are providing an experience. Part of that is shaped by the quality of the food and drinks, another by the ambiance and how the place looks. Other factors like social credibility, who's going there, who's telling them about it, these all contribute to your restaurant. But at the end of the day, when we're doing any marketing or branding services at Alibrije, or if you are just doing this for your own business, your mission is to try to convey this experience through whatever medium you're using to reach a prospective customer. To convey this experience, make no mistake, it is difficult. It's sometimes hard to put these feelings into words and images, but that's what people like us are good at. And it's what you need to get better at to maximize your business's potential. There are thousands, millions even, of restaurants selling food and drink. So the question is, what makes you stand out? That's it for today. If you enjoyed the story and found the information useful, we'd love it if you shared and subscribed so that we can start helping other business owners grow their brands. In the show notes, you'll find links to Gabriel's restaurants and a link to our own personal site. If you need any help with branding, logo or website design, social media services, email, we do it all. You can book a call with us and we'll see if we can help you. In the future, you can expect more episodes like this where we highlight a story of a business owner that we work with and then dive into the marketing and branding side to give you the education and tools that you need to help your own project. This was Brands Before Icons by Alibrije.